Chapter Five of The Two Gun Man by Charles Alden Seltzer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. The Man of Dry Bottom. A young man rode around the corner of the cabin and halted his pony beside the porch, sitting quietly in the saddle and gazing inquiringly at the two. He was about Ferguson's age, and like the latter, he wore two heavy guns. There was about him, as he sat there sweeping a slow glance over the girl and the man, a certain atmosphere of deliberate certainty and quiet coldness that gave an impression of readiness for whatever might occur. Ferguson's eyes lighted with satisfaction. The girl might be an Easterner, but the young man was plainly at home in this country. Nowhere except in the West could he have acquired the serene calm that shone out of his eyes. In no other part of the world could he have caught the easy assurance, the unstudied nonchalance, that seems the inherent birthright of the cowpuncher. Ben, said the girl, answering the young man's glance, this man was bitten by a rattler. He came here and I treated him. He says he was on his way over to the Two Diamond for a job. The young man opened his lips slightly. Stafford hire you? he asked. I'm hoping he does returned Ferguson. The young man's lips drooped sneeringly. I reckon you're wanting a job mighty bad, he said. Ferguson smiled. Taking your talk, you and Stafford ain't very good friends, he returned. The young man did not answer. He dismounted and led his pony to a small corral, and then returned to the porch, carrying his saddle. For an instant after the young man had left the porch to turn his pony into the corral, Ferguson had kept his seat on the porch, but something in the young man's tone had brought him out of the chair, determined to accept no more of his hospitality. If the young man was no friend of Stafford, it followed that he could not feel well disposed to a puncher who had avowed that his purpose was to work for the two-diamond manager. Ferguson was on his feet, clinging to one of the slender porch posts, preparatory to stepping down to go to his pony, when the young woman came out. Her sharp exclamation halted him. "'You're not going now,' she said. "'You have got to remain perfectly quiet until morning.' The brother dropped his saddle to the porch floor, grinning mildly at Ferguson. "'You don't need to be in a hurry,' he said. "'I was intending to run your horse into the corral. "'What I meant about Stafford don't apply to you.' He looked up at his sister, still grinning. "'I reckon he ain't got nothing to do with it?' The young woman blushed. "'I hope not.' she said in a low voice. "'We're going to eat pretty soon,' said the young man. "'I reckon that rattler didn't take your appetite.' Ferguson flushed. "'It was plumb ridiculous, me being hooked by a rattler,' he said. "'And I've lived among em so long.' "'I reckon you let him get away?' questioned the young man evenly. "'If he's got away,' returned Ferguson, his lips straightening with satisfaction, He's a right smart snake. He related the incident of the attack, ending with praises of the young woman's skill. The young man smiled at the reference to his sister. She studied medicine back east. Lately she's turned her hand to writing. Come out here to get experience. Local color, she calls it. Ferguson sat back in his chair, quietly digesting this bit of information. Medicine and writing. What did she write? Love stories? Fairy tales? Romances? He had read several of these. Mostly they were absurd and impossible. 
Love stories, he thought, would be easy for her. For, he said, mentally estimating her, a woman ought to know more about love than a man. And, as for anything being impossible in a love story, why, most anything could happen to people who are in love. Supper is ready, he heard her announce from within. Ferguson preceded the young man at the tin wash basin, taking a fresh towel that the young woman offered him from the doorway. Then he followed the young man inside. The three took places at the table, and Ferguson was helped to a frugal, though wholesome meal. The dusk had begun to fall while they were yet at the table, and the young woman arose, lighting a kerosene lamp and placing it on the table. By the time they had finished, semi-darkness had settled. Ferguson followed the young man out to the chairs on the porch for a smoke. They were scarcely seated when there was a clatter of hoofs, and a pony and rider came out of the shadow of the nearby cottonwood, approaching the cabin and halting beside the porch. The newcomer was a man of about thirty-five. The light of the kerosene lamp shone fairly in his face as he sat in the saddle, showing a pair of cold, steady eyes and thin, straight lips that were wreathed in a smile. I thought I'd ride over for a smoke and a talk before going down the creek to where the outfit's working, he said to the young man, and now his eyes swept Ferguson's lank figure with a searching glance. But I didn't know you was having company, he added. The second glance that he threw toward Ferguson was not friendly. Ferguson's lips curled slightly under it. Each man had been measured by the other, and neither had found in the other anything to admire. Ferguson's thoughts went rapidly back to Dry Bottom. He saw a man in the street putting five bullets through a can that he had thrown into the air. He saw again the man's face as he had completed his exhibition, insolent, filled with a sneering triumph. He heard again this man's voice as he himself had offered to eclipse his feet. You running sheep, stranger? The voice and face of the man who stood before him now were the voice and face of the man who had preceded him in the shooting match in Dry Bottom. His thoughts were interrupted by the voice of his host, explaining his presence. This here man was bit by a rattler this afternoon, the young man was saying. He's laying up here for tonight. Says he's reckoning on getting a job over at the Two Diamond. The man on the horse sneered. Hell, he said, bit by a rattler. He laughed insolently, pulling his pony's head around. I reckon I'll be going, he said. You'll nurse him so he won't die. He had struck the pony's flanks with the spurs and was gone into the shadows before either man on the porch could move. There was a short silence while the two men listened to the beat of his pony's hoofs. Then Ferguson turned and spoke to the young man. You know him? he questioned. The young man smiled coldly. Yep, he said. He's range boss for the two diamond. End of chapter five.